It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios. Welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like me or you or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You're all right. <laughs> I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. Let me show you what got me, the thing that no one really was talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, the father of Anthony Huber, one of the young men shot and killed by Rittenhouse, put things into perspective, for me at least, and on CNN. Take a look. You know, that guy gets to run free and he's now, he's now a hero. And this is my son right here. This is Anthony, you know? Mm -hmm. We lost our son. And there's no justice right now for our family, and there's no closure. And there wasn't going to be justice in that Kenosha court with that judge. And now he, I, he wasn't doing anything. Right. He was trying to, he saw Stop an active, an active shooter. shooter. Right. You know, he saw someone get shot. He thought he was doing the right thing. That's right. Yeah. So even, I, 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 even all the excuses in the world does not change the fact that three people got shot. Yeah. Yeah. Two people were murdered. Yeah. Yeah. To me, it's murder. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, okay, so Whoopi has all her facts down. Uh, the problem is, uh, of course, the father's going to defend. Sometimes when you hear parents defend their kids, uh, you understand why the kids turned out the way they did. I will never forget when O.J. Simpson was declared um not guilty. I remember his mother during this trial said, my boy wouldn't do that. He's a good boy. My boy wouldn't do that. And I think, you know, um, this is uh, what we do with our kids uh, sometimes. We uh, we don't let them suffer the consequences of their bad deeds. We make we cover for them. We make excuses. And it creates very bad character. Anthony Huber was no uh, champion. He had a criminal record, and he struck Kyle Rittenhouse in the back of the head twice with a skateboard while he was being pursued, uh, uh, and they were yelling, kill him, kill him. All of these people in this line were yelling that. And so it's just a completely twisted view of the facts, and yet Whoopi's probably been listening to CNN or MSNBC, but this is a very dangerous thing that causes things like what happened in Waukesha a Sunday night. Uh, with all of those people mowed down by this black criminal, and I'm going to get to that in a second, his rap sheet, uh, but this uh, who is affiliated with Black Lives Matter, who you know has a terrible past. I'm not saying he's involved with Black Lives Matter. We just know that he's posted in favor and that he hated uh, Scott Walker and all of these things. He was he was keeping it, uh, you know, he was paying attention to what was happening in the world, and yet he had a long rap sheet, bitter and black and a criminal you know, sort of a certain type. And uh, it, it seems, uh, you know, everyone that was an eyewitness on Sunday night said that I saw at least three different individuals who witnessed this who said he looked intentional. Uh, he, this was not an accident. He wasn't high on something accidentally doing this. And he is being charged by intent, with intentional homicide, by the way. Uh, they have, um, I did get off this track. I was going to do Kyle Rittenhouse first, but I'll go to this because I started it. The 
uh, five people that were killed, most of them were part of those dancing grannies, which I know sounds strange to our, you know, if you're not from Wisconsin, they have fun. It's a different kind of culture. And, of course, they're not necessarily that old. The one that was uh, the leader was, I think, in her, she was in her late 60s, I think. Uh, she was killed, and so were several of the others. Um, let's see. No, she was 79. She doesn't look it in her picture, Virginia Sorensen. And so I'm not going to name all the names because we don't know them, but they deserve our attention, that's for sure. But there are multiple children who are still in uh, critical condition. I heard one guy describe uh, little children who were in this little dancing troupe themselves who had been hit. Uh, This was a horrible thing. And I would say that the reason, one of the reasons that happened was because people like Whoopi Goldberg uh, and maybe people like Maxine Waters are spewing their hatred and ignoring the facts and stirring up the pot, I guess because of their own bad um, experiences as, a black, as black females. We can, just, we can give them this. Maybe they have been very badly treated, and this resonates with them. And so rather than, but blindly, they are not paying attention to what's actually true. But Maxine Waters, I think, is an intentional liar. I don't know if Whoopi is or not. Uh, Maxine Waters most definitely is. She's a Marxist herself, and this is what she had to say doing her part, of course. Maxine Waters, clip one. Well, you know, I was absolutely disappointed in the judge. He demonstrated from the very beginning that he was on the side of the defendant. Uh, The business of not letting the jury decide on the gun issue, whether or not he uh, was too young to have had a gun, he took that unto himself. Uh, It was unusual for him to allow uh, this uh, defendant uh, to be able to select who the final jurors were going to be. He was absolutely outrageous in the way that he conducted himself. And everybody saw that. He was the talk of the country, the way that he conducted himself. And he was brazen. He was bold. He was on the side of the defendant. And I don't think justice has been served. Yeah, well, uh, can, shall I tell you? I'll just pick one lie, because I learned a long time ago when you debate with liars, you cannot refute every lie they tell. <laughs> I learned that when I used to debate with James Carville. I learned it the hard way, because it was really hard to debate with him, because uh, by the time I was trying to say why the first thing he said wasn't true, he had four or five more things in the in the hopper. And so I learned to just sort of go for one thing. So I'll go for one thing here. Maxine Waters just said that the judge allowed Kyle to choose the jurors, and that's just unheard of. We, we No one does that. But that's that's just so patently distorted. It is customary. I don't know if it's just this judge's courtroom, if it's a custom in Wisconsin uh, for the defendant to be able to choose, but it's not like, gee, I like that person's face. I like that person's color. So I choose them. No, it's a bowl. It's a bowl where they draw out numbers. That's it. No names. They just to get to stick their hand in the fishbowl and pull out the numbers. And the numbers that they come up with are the ones that are eliminated from the jury. That's it. So it's complete distortion. But as a result of that, we have people uh, doing murderous things, and they're going to be more murderous things. We had uh, this in this Ahmad Arbery case, which I don't, I'm not as familiar with the details of this case as I am with Kyle Rittenhouse, but I will tell you what's being um, in the courtroom. The, the overview is that the prosecutors are saying that these three men who are white, and the shot an unarmed black man, Ahmed Arbery, that's the charge. Uh, the, um, let's see, the uh, prosecutors are saying that the defendants pushed Arbery in a pickup truck for five minutes through the neighborhood and shot him because he was a black man who refused to talk to them. So that's what 
the prosecutor is saying. The defense are saying, uh, they told the jurors that McMichaels, and that's one of the three white gentlemen charged, McMichaels suspected Arbery of having committed a crime and were trying to detain him until police arrived. And then Travis McMichael, according to the defense, opened fire only after Arbery attacked him and grabbed his shotgun. And that's what he testified last week. Okay, so who knows what's, I don't know what's true, and I've been watching it, so I don't have an opinion. I will just say this, that white men can be wicked and evil, and they can kill black men. I can say this, that black men can be evil and wicked and kill white men. Black men can kill black men, and white men can kill white men. I mean, really, it has nothing to do with race, and yet they are whipping uh, the racially whatever people that have propensity to hate because of color. They're whipping them into a frenzy. And I'll give you this example. Outside the courtroom uh, in the Ahmed Arbery case, uh, the new Black Panther is a meeting. I saw a video of them coming across the parking lot with all of their uh, with their with their weapons dressed in black. And uh, the guy who designates himself the Supreme Commander said, "Y'all in, are in serious trouble because the wrath of karma." is coming on America. We're not taking it no more. So the prosecutor and the defense lawyers were delivering their closing statements. Dozens of members of the Black Lives Matter 757, Lion of Judah Armed Forces, and the new Black Panther Party marched outside the Glen County Courthouse. Now, the, ironically, you'll never have, hear me quote the Southern Poverty Law Center. I will never use their information You because I know how corrupt they are. But even the Southern Poverty Law Center... It's calling the new Black Panther Party a virulently, virulently racist and anti-Semitic organization whose leaders have encouraged violence against whites. Okay, so you think, first of all, I don't know why they're allowed to march and make these threats, uh, dress the way they are. There must be some law against this. How can this possibly be? Uh, but they're allowing it, and so uh, there may be bloodshed. There probably will, thanks to Maxine Waters and Whoopi Goldberg and all the other Goldberg and all the other race baiters. Uh, who are not interested in truth. They're only interested in payback. And uh, we ha- this has to stop. It has to stop. And I was thinking about that uh, black gentleman who went to a school board meeting in Texas, what, last week? I'm not sure I even had a chance to talk about it. Maybe I did. And he was uh, armed, and he told them he was coming back with, with I forgot, he said a 1,000 more, 100 more, uh, if, if things didn't go his way. He was talking about critical race theory, defending critical race theory. So threatening the people in the audience, the parents who'd come to that school board meeting. How how can this be allowed? It can be allowed by a justice system that did what they did in Kenosha, where uh, the um, the perpetrator, the, the guy who drove through the crowd and killed the people, uh, was had been arrested. Where is this? I want to read this to you specifically. He had a criminal record that goes back to the 90s. In fact, he was just uh, uh, he just recently ran over a woman. She was put in bite with his car. She was put in jail for injuries. That's recorded. And so um, he's done all of these things he's had. And so they let him out Friday night in Waukesha, or maybe it was Milwaukee, probably Milwaukee, on a $1,000 bail which is nothing for a criminal like that. Maybe it was 500, but the, he's been out, let out twice recently on two different bails. One was 500, one was 1,000. So he was, even though he had multiple felonies and accounts against him, he was a criminal. He's like uh, allowed to get out. And this is the problem. This is part of what's been happening in the country. It's been called criminal justice reform. Uh, and it's causing felons uh, and people that have gun violence to be released from jail, and we are we are about ready to.
you're going to pay the piper on that one, no doubt, because it just doesn't make sense. And you think about that juxtaposed with those January 6 detainees who didn't do anything violent. Or they they did they did get into a fight in some ways. Uh, and uh, so you have to distinguish, but most of them, by and large, just walk to the Capitol, and they're being held without bail in D.C. Uh, so there is a little bit of a discrepancy in our justice system right now. All right, so what is truth in all of these things? You know, the jury, I think, in uh, Kyle Rittenhouse's case, uh, I thought that trial was stunning, stunningly stunningly fair. I was amazed. I haven't seen a trial uh, where, except for the prosecution, who, as I said yesterday, I don't know why they are not held to the same, same standard of truth as their witnesses. I, I won't understand that. Uh, but Kyle uh, Rittenhouse, of course, was with Tucker Carlson last night. And I just have a short clip that I want you to hear. Uh, he's talking about President Biden defaming him. This is clip three. What did you make of the President of the United States calling you a white supremacist? Mr. President, if I could say one thing to you, I would urge you to go back and watch the trial and understand the facts before you make a statement. That's not a small thing to be called that. No, it's it's actual malice defaming my character for him to say something like that. Yeah. So uh, the Kyle Rittenhouse uh, story is just pretty amazing. I hope that you watched that interview with him. I hope you watched it last night. As a matter of fact, we should just open the phone lines. Not, I'm going to take a break, and then we'll open them. And I'd just like to know what you think and maybe what you think about all of the things I've just said because you're living this. You are in Wisconsin or you're in Texas or you're in uh, Virginia where we've had more violence. We had a, a case of a group of people out of control preventing fire from coming in and saving uh, people that lived in this home they were burnt, uh, building. It was an apartment building. And uh, the fire chief, we have video of him crying at what they, what they, how they obstructed. The, the violence is just untenable. It'd be interesting to know what you think about what you're seeing. If you saw Kyle's interview with Tucker, it'd be interesting to know what you thought about that. I have a few more. I have a lot more information. You know that. Uh, but it would be nice for us to talk about this for a minute. Our phone number is 888 888- That's 888-589-8840. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. When an abortion-minded woman walks into a pre-born pregnancy center, she encounters love and compassion and gets to meet her baby by ultrasound. And I was like, I'm going to go to the abortion clinic. And I already had my mind made up. This mom didn't make it to the abortion clinic. Instead, God led her to a pre-born center. And the lady is giving me my ultrasound. She's like making these weird faces. And then she's like, it's two. And I'm like, I just start crying. I start texting my friends and like, I can't. The Ministry of Preborn was able to help this mom save not just one life, but two through ultrasounds. Preborn centers help save babies' lives and souls. Preborn runs and leads Christian pregnancy centers all over the country. To find out more, go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. Your love can save a life. This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. 
Today, we pray for Janet Yellen, Secretary of the Treasury of the United States of America. Her department oversees all financial and monetary matters relating to the federal government. 1 Corinthians 4.2 reminds us of the importance of being a good steward of money. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found trustworthy. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask you to guide Secretary Yellen as she oversees financial matters for our country. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes. Stand by for news and commentary next. You need a university you can trust that offers a world-class education with the values, knowledge, and skills you need to succeed. That place is Liberty University, and now is the perfect time to start. This fall, Liberty celebrating 50 years of training champions for Christ, a mission that has not wavered since it opened in 1971. With more than 700 programs online and on campus, Liberty can help you turn your vision into a future you can be proud of. Text EXPLORE to the number 49596. That's EXPLORE to the 49596. I want to talk about Kyle Rittenhouse. He's making the rounds on national television, speaking out for the first time since a jury found him not guilty of killing those three rioters in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Mr. Rittenhouse was celebrated by conservatives as a Second Amendment hero, condemned by leftists as a white supremacist. But public opinion changes faster than fall weather in Tennessee these days. During an interview with Tucker Carlson, Rittenhouse said he supported the Black Lives Matter movement, no doubt causing great anger among some of his staunchest supporters. To them, I say, let's hold up. Kyle Rittenhouse does not need fame or fortune right now. He needs stability. He's an 18-year-old kid who's going to be dealing with a lot of emotional and psychological issues. Instead of 15 minutes of fame, we ought to be encouraging this young man and his family to get help and to build a plan for his life once the television reporters pack up and go on to the next national news story. I'm Todd Starnes. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Okay, Sandy Rios back with you. Our phone number is 888-589-8840. On Kyle Rittenhouse, just some of the the highlights of what he said last night. He and Tucker talked about the lack of police presence in Kenosha. And remember that Wisconsin is a very liberal state. They've got a, well, that's not true. They're split. Uh, But there are very liberal areas of it. And their governor, current governor, is extremely liberal. And he would not send in the National Guard, even though they knew that there were going to be some serious problems or serious problems had broken out. Uh, So he didn't send them in. And the police sort of stood down and just let all of this happen. And they talked about this. And Kyle talked about how he tried to turn himself into police after the shootings. And they actually pepper sprayed him. It was just uh, tragic, really. Uh, because I guess it was chaotic, and they didn't know. He was he ran back behind the police line, you know, and they just uh, told him to go home, get out of there. So uh, that's what happened. He described, you know, his evening and exactly how things. We saw some of that on the witness stand, but he gave details that we had not heard before. He talked about how uh, Rosenbaum, which was who was the first guy that he shot, this is the guy that's convicted of sex rape, child rape, like several counts, and I'm talking children, boys. He's uh, that's just in part uh, what he what his record shows, and he was uh, continually saying the N word and threatening to kill Kyle at least twice and others, and so n- not a nice guy, uh, I you know um, so he he describes that in uh, detail and also 
Um, he said he does say, I agree with the Black Lives Matter movement. I agree everybody has a right to protest. I talked about this a little bit yesterday, and um, I, I can agree with Todd, who just said in his uh, commentary that you shouldn't rush to believe what you think that might believe. I mean, Kyle is not a, a politician, and he, I believe in the right to protest too, don't you? So that's not, I mean, that's that's nothing, there's nothing inflammatory about that. Doesn't mean he believes in in them burning things down. Now, he comes after Lynn Wood and his partner, pretty heavily John Pierce, and he said that they um, kept him in jail for 87 days, uh, that they were raising money on his behalf, uh, and he says some pretty harsh things about them. I'm going to just say that keep in mind that his new attorneys, the one that took the ones that took over, who I thought did a great job, uh, out of their mouth said, you know, they're not Fox News people. They watch MSNBC and CNN. So no doubt, uh, I'm just putting two and two together here. They probably had terrible a terrible view of Lynn Woods, who was very involved in uh, trying to defend President Trump after the election. And so uh, they're the ones that Kyle, who's had Kyle's ear, and they just got him off these murder charges. They were they were great in defense of him, and so he's probably been poisoned. Uh, I'm just guessing. That's mere speculation on my part. But anyway, enough of me. I want to know what you think. Let's. Uh, our phone number is eight 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 five eight nine eight eight four zero. Let's go to Susan in Virginia. Good morning, Susan. Hi, Cindy. Um, nice to talk with you. <clears throat> nice to talk to you too. Okay. Um, I was just I wanted to just say that I think what's being underreported and that you just referred to it, but the um the absolute abdication of duty on the part of the police in um Kenosha last year and even this year and on certainly on the part of the governor and when are these people gonna vote these people out of office? Have they not had enough or are they too convinced that this is a racial incident? And those people who were there weren't there peacefully protesting, they were there to cause destruction. And um, that's being, again, that's being over, that is being completely buried by all of the, the, uh, the racist charges against um, Kyle. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree with you completely, Susan. I didn't even think of that angle because sheriffs are elected. They're very different than police. Uh, they are uh, accountable more directly to the people, kind of like congressmen, uh, representatives as opposed to senators. Uh, or as appointed, supposed to appointed people like judges, uh, they have to uh, answer to the people, the representatives, every two years. So it is the same thing. And you're right, sheriffs are elected, and there are some great sheriffs. Honestly, uh, the reason that so many people are still free in this country is because sheriffs have gone to bat for them. Sheriffs, I think of the sheriffs in the Southwest and the border issue. So there are some real champions. But you're right, there are some rotten eggs, and maybe the one in Waukesha and needs to be recalled. That's a very good point, Susan. Thank you. Let's go to Dory in Virginia. Good morning, Dory. Morning. Um, I want to say that I have an 18-year-old son, and so to see Kyle be as reserved as he was and well-spoken uh, and calm in all of this is actually very impressive, knowing, you know, a bunch of 18-year-old kids and, and how they act. Um, you know, and and one thing that struck me was, you know, he has no vengeance. Like, he has he doesn't want revenge in this situation. I think he you know, is an 18-year-old who just wants to live his life and wants to be able to move on from this. Um, you know, so I was just very impressed with him uh, and his demeanor. Me too, Dory. Me uh, too. I, I agree with you. Go ahead. And one other thing is uh, I heard 
Maxine, I think it was Maxine Waters, was stating, you know, how the judge must have been, you know, biased towards the defendant. And I just thought that was disheartening to say, just because you didn't get the result you wanted, then, there, you know, the justice system must have failed. Um, versus saying the justice system did what it was supposed to do. Yeah, well, that's kind of the the out. And um, we know what that now. In de- when have you heard me defend Maxine Waters? But I'm going to say that we all have our prejudices when it comes to trials, uh, and we have our impressions. Sometimes we're not fully informed about the details, uh, and so you know, part of that's human nature, but part of it's intentional. With Maxine Waters, it's intentional. You know, she wants to destroy that judge. The left never forgets. You know, they don't, and they they want to destroy all their opponents thoroughly. So I. You know, I did hear also, Dory, uh, that there were incredible amounts of death threats, both to the judge, his children, his wife, also the defense attorneys. I think that hasn't been even been reported. So um, these comments that people like Maxine Waters make have an effect, just as I was trying to say earlier in this Aubrey trial you got the, all these black militia members now. What's the, t- you know, where's the FBI when it comes to black uh, extremist militia groups. Where are they when uh, when they blame white militia groups on all the ills in this country and send out thousands and thousands of agents to go to their homes and arrest them, people they even think might be part of that. They don't even have any proof of it. Now we have people marching in public claiming it boldly. And where is anybody to stop it? This is just, it's wrong. It's just wrong. And uh, I think we all know that. Dory, thanks a lot. I appreciate your comments. I do think, uh, Kyle, one of the other things that really impressed me um, was his his understanding of self-defense, his understanding of his gun, his ability to protect himself. Who, who do you know? What adult male do you know who could have performed the way he did in terms of self-defense? And I, I personally think I've been on this soapbox for a long time that one of the things that we have failed to do is train our boys to be men. And our, some, our grown men now don't even know how to be men. They don't know how to fight and to, to protect their families. Most of them have never fought in the armed services. They don't know how to do combat. They don't know how to just simply fight to protect. And uh, that's uh, that's been one of the sad breakdowns. So I think Kyle's an extraordinary young man. There's no question about that. Let's go to Jeremy in Michigan. Good morning, Jeremy. Good morning, Sandy. How are you today? Good, good. What's on your mind? Good. Long-time listener from Michigan. I just was listening to your show this morning. I agree with just about everything you say. Well, everything. I didn't really know about the comments of the skateboard boy's dad, how he was defending his son. It was disgusting. Um, one thing I did see not too long ago, well, it was, it was in the past five days, it was um, a, a comment, a Twitter post from a, a non-believer, and he or she said, I'm not a God-fearing person, but... He shot a thief in the arm, a molester in the crotch, and um, a wife strangler in the lungs. God's got to be in there somewhere. And I, I didn't, I didn't, I don't know if all of that is true, but I mean, well, it's probably close. Except I, my only, my only caution, I would just say we have to really, really be careful what we attribute to God. That's for sure. Uh, but uh, interesting point. I think, I think she's probably right about the, uh, in some on some level about the facts on that. But yeah, Jeremy, it's a mess, isn't it? Hey, how old are you? Uh, I'm enjoying your show this morning. I appreciate you. Um, yeah, thanks, and, thanks, Jeremy. Uh, I, you, you guys are great. You guys are great. I just just want to chime in with that. Um, I didn't give it justice, but it was on the 
the And We Know podcast, and a lot of your listeners, I bet you know who LT is from And We Know. He's a okay. very God-fearing man that does <laughs> okay. good work. So Okay, well, that's good that to know. Anyway, God bless okay. you. You're doing a great job. Yeah, thank you, Jeremy. Appreciate your input. Thank you. Uh, let's go to uh, let's go to Brad in Oklahoma. Good morning, Brad. Hi, how are you? Good. I'm uh, calling. Just I, I thank uh, Jeremy for what he says. Sounds like a young man with his head on his shoulders. And I was just calling. It's uh, you know um, whenever I thought of everything that's going on, and I've been really grieved. And it's just like every day it just continues on. You're just amazed. But uh, I turn to the scripture in Second Chronicles 7:14, and it says, "If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will heal from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land." And that it is so wicked out there, and Satan, the end times, I do believe, are around the corner. We're we're in them right now. But uh, well, it's up well, to the church, yeah, and that's across Brad, America and across the world. Yeah, know, absolutely. No, to, to America, it breaks my heart. <laughs> I'm sixty you know, Brad, years that's, old. <laughs> yeah, well, that's been yeah. happening since the '80s. I, you may have heard me tell a story. I met a an African man at uh, Urbana '84. It's a huge missions conference. Maybe it still does take place every three years at on the campus of the University of Illinois. There were thousands of students there. It's during their uh, Christmas and between Christmas and uh, January, uh, and it was just an amazing event. And I was interviewing people on the floor there, and here's this kid, this young man. He's not a kid from Africa, and I asked him what he, you know, what he was doing there. I was just chatting with him. Maybe I wasn't interviewing. I guess I wasn't doing that yet. And he said uh, he was here to be a missionary, and I was blown away. I, I in fact, I almost I laughed because I thought, you know, a missionary from Africa to the United States. But how interesting that God should play this place that on His heart, and that we should have degenerated so much since that time. But uh, Brad, thanks for reminding us of a Chronicles, uh, Second Chronicles seven fourteen. Very important, especially when we look at all this violence. You're right about all of it. Thank you. Let's go to. Um, uh, Demetrius in Texas. Good morning, Demetrius. Good morning, Sandy. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. So my com- uh, my comments or my question is uh, when you mentioned about the felon that was released uh, and he has multiple and whatnot after he was released, um, is that a blanket statement for felons? Uh, and before you answer, it's because... I did 25 years in prison, and I love your show. I've been listening to AFR for pretty much that amount of time, and I've been out two years working and doing what needs to be done. And a lot of the felons that I know they that I deal with are Christians now, and they love listening to the shows and whatnot. I just don't want them to be discouraged thinking that, you know, the, the felon that has been reformed by Christ and Christ only have been now still kind of battered down after they served their time. I know I'm always going to be a felon, but I'm not an active felon, if that makes any sense. And I just just want your comments on that. Thank you. No, no, don't go away. Demetrius, thank you for, you know, see, how would I even think of that? You know, how people are hearing that, unless you tell me. And uh, let me just say, it goes without saying that there is no sin that God can't forgive. And it also goes without saying that each of us, each and every single 
one of us are sinners. We may not be labeled for the public as felons, but the things that we think and want to do and have done in secret and in private are just as egregious. So I want to make that very clear, Demetrius. I'm glad you're giving me that opportunity. I do think the big difference here is absolutely Christ can change a man. He changed me. He changed all of us. He forgave us, and we have a new beginning. You become a new creature. But in the case of this guy in uh, Waukesha, Daryl Brooks, uh, that had not happened to him. And he had just been released, you know, Friday night. He's got a whole rap sheet of felonies, but he continues to commit them. It's a, it's a practice of his life. He is an active felon. He's not a forgiven, well, who knows? Maybe today he is. <laughs> uh, but there's a very right, different right. thing. Okay? So, so right quick, um, I, I deserved everything I got. I did 25 years. And to be honest, I don't believe I should have been released myself. But by the grace of God, uh, a bill that was passed and was signed by Trump also allowed me to get out only six months earlier. But nonetheless, I consider that a, a blessing and thankfulness for, for just grace. And you're absolutely right. If a person, if I was to continue to, crim, to do criminal activity, well, yes, ma'am, I should be locked up again. I, do, I agree 100% because now I understand, I get it. You know, there are people out here trying to live their lives. And, you know, if, if I'm causing harm in some kind of way or committing another crime, yes, I need to go back to prison. I need to be locked up instead of never been released. However, the system that I came from was a federal system. And it is, well, all I had to say was federal, and you understand. Uh, I do. You know, do. the system is corrupt in there as well. The ones that are actually doing right, trying to get out, they're the ones that are low-balled and pushed to the side. The gang members and everybody else that is uh, continually doing criminal activity inside, they get more of the breaks than any person that I've ever seen. Unbelievable. And the Demetrius? reason for that is... Yes, ma'am. Well, we're running out of time, and I didn't want to interrupt okay. you, but I have to. Uh, let me just say, look, there would have been a time when you might have, might have made this call and people wouldn't believe you. But with all this happening in our criminal justice system and all the corruption, people are hearing you and maybe understanding for the first time. And also, I have to say, I have been hard on this uh, criminal justice reform because of the overall effect of it on culture. But when I hear a story like yours... I, it really does kind of make my heart leap, and I am I am thrilled that you're out and that God is using you. So I know he's got something really special for you, Demetrius, and I appreciate you bringing this to our attention this morning. Okay, got to take a thank you, and God bless you. Got to take a break. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. So, Hannah, she's just one of the women who did struggle with infertility in the Bible. Hannah's Heart with Ann Cockrell and Kendra White. Hannah took her pain to God, and God heard her and was with her. Hannah's Heart helps couples process infertility and miscarriage through a biblical lens. Join us Saturday afternoon at 5 Central on American Family Radio. Find the podcast at AFR.net. AFR programming is now available on Alexa. You're joking, right? Nope, not joking. Seriously? Yep, this is not a drill. Wait a minute, no way. There's a way, the Alexa way. So if you just happen to miss your favorite shows, no worries. You can now listen to each podcast with Alexa. It's simple and it's free. Just visit AFR.net forward slash apps and click Alexa. We're not joking. And we have seen his glory. 
glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. Love does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Anyone notice a pattern here? Grace, mercy, and love all require truth. It is unloving to conceal or sidestep truth. Often, people avoid truth and use love as a justification, when in reality, their truth aversion is a self-preservation tactic. You cannot claim to love someone and simultaneously affirm them in a lie. The absence of truth nullifies the application of grace. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. The church is growing big time in Latin America, and here's why. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International. If you follow groups like Barna who measure church growth in America, they'll tell you it's somewhat stunted. In fact, it may have even dipped here in America. But it prompts you to look at where is it growing around the world. It's in places like Latin America because people are willing to suffer for the gospel. Let me tell you about a church outside of Caracas, Venezuela. They are rescuing women who are kidnapped and forced into prostitution by the drug cartel. They're serious about this. In fact, one of the members was killed by the cartel. His corpse pulled behind a truck to make an example to other Christians to stay out of the way to the cartel. But I can tell you this church is focused on what they believe God has called them to. And they have led more than a hundred women, former prostitutes to faith in Christ. And these women are needing Bibles because they're non-existent in that part of Venezuela. Please, at $5 a Bible, make your most generous gift by calling 800-YES-WORD. 800-YES-WORD or give at sendbiblesnow.org. That's sendbiblesnow.org. This is Frank Gaffney with the Secure Freedom Minute. Thanksgiving is a time when people of every faith and no faith celebrate their blessings. It's also an appropriate moment to reflect on the many millions worldwide denied religious freedom. That's especially so as the Senate will soon consider the nomination of Rashad Hussein to be America's top diplomat responsible for promoting that fundamental human right. Mr. Hussein is not only the first Muslim to be tapped for the job, his former boss, President Obama, says he has memorized every word of Islam's Quran. Such devotion is especially revered by those who consider the Quran to be divinely dictated, the immutable foundation of Islam's Sharia law, and therefore obligatory direction for all Muslims. The Quran also repeatedly condemns so-called unbelievers. We must know now, how will an adherent to Sharia safeguard, let alone promote the right to freely practice every religion? This is Frank Gaffney. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Facebook or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. All right, before I go back to the calls, you know, this is Thanksgiving week. And I, I wish I could just, uh, wouldn't it be nice to just talk about what we're grateful for? It's so hard to remember when you are worried and the headlines are so bad, it's hard to have a heart of gratitude. But, you know, God dwells in the praise of his people. Uh, they used to be a mystery to me. I never understood that verse. And I remember doing it intellectually when I was young, uh, young in my early 20s, uh, praising, thanking God even for troubles, but it didn't make sense to me until... I was much deeper in the faith and had a lot more troubles. Uh, But God does dwell in the praise of his people. And when we thank him and praise him, 
even in the midst of difficulty. And we tell him repeatedly that we trust him. We don't understand, but we trust him, as Job did. That's the kind of faith God requires. It's not some uh, rabbit's foot. We don't serve a rabbit's foot God who immediately answers our prayers and relieves our pain. Uh, He loves us, but he knows he has something much deeper in mind than just our happiness. He's he's got nothing against us being happy. I just think that people who love God and are uh, obedient to him for the most part have incredibly abundant lives here on earth, blessed financially, and I don't mean rich, I'm talking about provided for, finding good jobs, good workers. You prosper because of God's principles. Uh, But um, So when we are thankful, even in the midst of these trials, that's that's when God can really use us. And so that's my prayer for myself, that I learn to be more grateful and express that to you. I am grateful. Uh, And sometimes I feel guilty because uh, my personal life is good right now. I've been in places where my personal life was really very difficult. It was for years. And right now it's really good. And I I find myself grieving because uh, it doesn't seem fair to me that while others are suffering so much, I should not be suffering right now. Now that may sound weird to you, uh, but um, I do think about that. Nevertheless, I want us to, this week, all of us, my charge to you and to myself is to practice gratitude. I remember once when I was in such despair, I actually uh, would recite in my bed when I couldn't sleep at night, Every single thing I was grateful for, everything, even the silly things. I had toothpaste. I, I don't know. I could walk. I, you know. So uh, let's count our blessings, like the old hymn says, and name them one by one. And uh, then God will relieve your heavy heart, and uh, He can He can do His mighty work in all of us. All right. Our phone number is eight 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 five eight nine eight eight four zero. And uh, l- let's go to um, let's go to Frank in Texas. Good morning, Frank. How you doing? I'm <laughs> good. How are you, Frank? <laughs> I'm doing great. Uh, I first want to say that I am a faithful listener to your show every morning. Uh, I thank God for you because I really believe that God really shows you and reveals to you a lot of things that a lot of people cannot see. And so I believe that everything you say is truly inspired by God. And I thank you for allowing God to use you like you do every morning on your show. <laughs> oh, Frank, that's, I don't have anything. I can't even respond to that, but thanks for those kind words. Uh, so what are your observations here, then, about what's going on? Yes, I, I, am, a, I am a black man from Texas. Um, and I, I'm also a Christian, so I try to live... I try not to use my past judgment and allow God to just reveal things to me. And what I've, what I've learned you know, over, this, over this past uh, last two or three years is uh, what's, what's actually been informed to me is that I don't believe that these people are really have the people's best interests at heart. I believe that Minority groups like Black Lives Matter and other those are just uh, organizations that are that come to bring about an, ag- an agenda. So when you look at the violent crimes and all the stuff that's going on right now, and people getting being released from jail, I believe that what they're doing there, they need help to justify what they're how they're trying to destroy America. 
So they're using these people as if they're really doing something good for people, but they're not. They're all working together. They are all one secret organization playing from different sides, but they all come to bring about the same agenda. So, so everything that's going on on a large scale, these people are, it's not a mistake. It's not something that they just dumb and just careless. These are people who come to corrupt and they come to destroy. And I, they're just trying to. Oh, Frank, we're losing your, we're losing you. But I believe you said these people, I think you said people, these people are coming to kill and destroy. And you're absolutely right. And you are, you've diagnosed the problem exactly. This is really from the, the, this is from the pit of hell. A lot of it's communist-inspired. It was the same thing in the 60s in this country where you had the Black Panthers who were wicked, wicked, wicked. And you had like the Bernadine Dorn and uh, Bill Ayers who were white, wicked, 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 rich white kids. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry to stereotype, but that's what they were. And a lot of the people in the Weather Underground movement were just exactly that. And it, the whole idea was to destroy and under, deconstruct and destroy the United States. And they work together to do that, and that's what's happening now too. And of course, it's deeper than destroying the United States. It's a it's a hatred of God, even if they don't recognize it. It is their hatred of God and His people. And sometimes His people are described as conservatives, or I don't know, white, or they're described as uh, they belong in militia groups or whatever. So it can come by different names, but really, it's really God's principles and God Himself that they want to destroy. So you've diagnosed it uh, accurately, Frank. And listen, thank you for your kind remarks, and I hope that we can speak again. Let's go to, um, oh, let's go. This is complicated. Let's see. Um, let's go to Heather in Kentucky. Good morning, Heather. Hey, good morning, Miss Sandy. Good morning. Uh, yes, I wanted to make a comment about the Rittenhouse case and COVID. Um, and just as you're raising children in this time, and you're told, don't believe what you see, don't believe what you hear, don't believe what you know. I'm just, I'm amazed by that. You know, two plus two is eight, and <laughs> the grass is purple. I'm amazed in that you look at, in the Rittenhouse case, well, molesters are good and protectors are bad. And feelings are good and truth is bad. And when you're trying to raise children in that, it is very hard to encourage critical thinking. <laughs> it is, time. Heather. Yeah, but you know, think about it. Look, I, I, the thing that came to my mind as you started speaking was like George Orwell's 1984. If you haven't read that, read it. But this is this is the playbook of the left. But you go back further. I mean, that's it's really the playbook of Satan. I'm sorry, but this is my theme this morning. I guess it's like um, the God told the Adam and Eve not to eat that one tree. You can have everything else. You can have everything else. But that's don't eat of this tree of life. Don't. Do that. Uh, the, 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 not, the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, don't eat just that one. Just that one. The rest of them you can have. And what did Satan say to her? He said, really? Indeed? Did God You're say that? He really didn't mean that. He, he was afraid that you would be like him, which was a half-truth, because they, he, did not, he knew that they could not handle what they were going to take in if they, took, if they ate that fruit. So it's, it's a twisting. It's an upside-down. It's... Um, Woe unto them who call evil good and good evil, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. It's a it's a principle of the darkness of uh, Satan that uh, turns everything upside down. I don't think I guess you know Heather. The only uh, way to combat it uh, is 
this is tough, you know. It really is to homeschool your kids and to make sure you don't, you know, you have to expose them to the ideas of the left so that they know how to combat them. But you've got to, you've got to teach them deeply, first of all, the principles of God, and then also just in, in what, what truth is, and teach them to be critical thinkers. And in order for them to be critical thinkers, they actually have to be able to argue their position. So they have to know uh, what's happening on the other side. You have another comment? Uh, no, I'm just agreeing with you. We actually were homeschooling and then put our kids in public school this year because my mother is dying. I didn't know if I'd be able to homeschool and take care of her. And and I am amazed by the public school system in general. The Well, they need to have masks on all day long while they're in class. But as soon as the bell rings, everybody go, you know, pack into the gym and do sports and no masks on. And, and kids are supposed to understand that and get that. And it's supposed to make sense to them. And when you ask questions, nobody wants to answer them. It's, it's amazing to me. I wouldn't have seen that if they hadn't been in it, but I've learned a lot this year about, okay, we need to maybe regroup on what matters <laughs> and how we do this. <laughs> yeah, you know what, Heather? I'll tell you one little nugget. <clears throat> one thing, uh, this was happened to me when the Clinton scandals were going strong, and they were in the headlines all the time. And when uh, Bill Clinton was talked about in deposition, depends on what is is. That's, you, I don't even, I'll explain it. Let's just mm-hmm. say we're splitting hairs. And uh, then there was a national dialogue about everybody lies. Well, what's lying? And the thing that really threw me was suddenly I was having to defend, because I was on the radio at the time, what we all assumed. We assumed truth and false. We assumed that there was a truth and there was a lie. There was truth and there were lies. And suddenly we had to defend. I couldn't even find the words hardly. It took me a long time to learn to defend. And so what I want to say to you and other mothers listening, to all of us listening, that we have to restate truth constantly, especially to children then. Uh, they can, maybe that's why God said we should write the word, you know, put it on their hearts, teach them morning and night, put it on a doorpost. We have to repeat over and over again the basics that you think they have. I find that children don't have the basics, and whatever basics they have are being stripped from them in our culture. So that's uh, just something to remember. Heather, God bless you, and good luck, and and I'm so sorry about your mother, and I hope that things work out for you. Thank you so much. Let's uh, go to to Jim in Oklahoma. Hey, Jim, good morning. Good morning, Sandy. Yes, sir. What's on your mind? Oh, a bunch. (laughs) Uh, The program this morning is covering a lot of stuff that I wanted to say, but, you know, I wanted to look at the the amendments and it, and it says uh, the right to peacefully assemble to have a grievances addressed. And I don't think enough people go to the constitution and the amendments to, to look at that, you know, a protest and a riot is not a peaceful assembly. Right. Kind of like, you know, de- departing from the word of God and, and falling off the narrow, the narrow road and there's deep ditches. And when you, I'm a nationwide truck driver. So, you fall off of there and things get real wild. It's hard to control what the outcome will be when you leave the narrow road. And, and, and I just, I, I thought maybe the constitution, you know, and uh, was something that, you know, I don't hear enough people talking about the constitution. Maybe they don't know it no more. I don't know. But Jim, listen, that's, people. you're so smart. That's so insightful. And could I just say, you probably heard me say this, but I want to say it again. I think our truck drivers are some of the smartest people in the country right now. Because you guys, I, I, even when I was back on the, in the air in Chicago, I used to hear from truck drivers all the time because they're listening. 
they're taking in stuff. They've got the time to take in. They're taking in good stuff and educating themselves. And uh, it sounds to me like you're one of those people, too. So, Jim, you hit it. It's uh, the right to peacefully assemble, not to bring your guns and threaten to kill people. Uh, that's, that's not peaceful. And so uh, I appreciate you bringing up that point. Thank you. Let's go to uh, Camille in Oklahoma. Good morning, Camille. Yes. Hi, Sandy. I um, just briefly, I've been listening to you for six plus years, and um, I just want you to know I am so thankful for people like you and Dan Celia, uh, Tucker, people who are giving us the truth. Thank you. Having said that, I want to say uh, on behalf of Kyle, I have a son, and when I think of him at Kyle's age, I'm astounded at that child's um, presence of mind, his, the peace and the, um, just his ability to come back with the facts. And, you know, he was attacked by the President of the United States, and he handled that with a kid who supposedly, these kids don't even have a full brain developed until they're 30. I'm just amazed. I think God is with him. And, um, and then I also wanted to say, that I think Christians across the nation, I am a firm believer, I've been a Christian since I was 11, and I think we need to know the enemy. We need to know the source of what is happening and why it's happening. And um, I've been studying Karl Marx, and I've been studying him for quite some time because I think that's the foundation of what's going on in this country. Yep. Well, you're so right. Was an av- he was a Satanist. Yes, Camille. We, of yes. Nutrition. Yes, yes, Camille. I've ta- we've talked. Um, you might want to look back in the archives because I've done a lot of discussions about Karl Marx and the books you're probably referencing right now uh, by Paul Kinger and others. But you're absolutely right. Karl Marx was a wicked, wicked, virulently filthy, boil infested uh, travesty of a man who started this whole business of Marxism. It's wicked. But it also represents the deep, dark heart of Satan, who drove Marx, no doubt, to write that manifesto. Thanks for all of your comments. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.